Hello, and welcome to Inside Scoop Live. My name is Sherry Hoyt, and I'm your host for today. I'm so excited to be speaking with Amanda Yoshida, author of The Greatest Wish, an interactive storybook for children. Before we begin, let's learn a little bit more about Amanda. Amanda Yoshida first dreamt of being a children's book illustrator when she was a mere toddler growing up in the suburbs surrounding Portland, Oregon. As a child, she spent countless hours drawing and studying the artwork inside her stacks of colorfully illustrated books. She favored the rhyming words and silly drawings of Dr. Seuss and Shel Silverstein and claimed one day she would be an artist. Eventually, the pens and pencils that were always in her hand became paintbrushes in her exploration of creativity. At the age of 14, her original artwork was displayed and sold at her family's art gallery in Portland's Pearl District and led to substantial private commissions. After graduating from the elite Noman School of Visual Effects in Los Angeles in 2009, she fell in love with a digital canvas and began working solely in this media. Amanda returned to her beloved hometown of Portland in 2013 and began working as a freelance graphic designer and digital painter. While in the midst of growing her successful business and putting down roots with her husband, the dream of becoming a mother and a published author was realized. Two months before the birth of her child, she received word that her first children's book, The Greatest Wish, would be published. Amanda now enjoys reading her debut book to her son, Morgan, and she is currently working on the next installment of the ever-changing storybook series. For more information on Amanda Yoshida and The Greatest Wish, visit her website at amandayoshida.com. Hi, Amanda. Welcome to Inside Scoop Live. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Well, it's my pleasure. I've been looking forward to talking with you. So to get started, why don't you tell our listeners a bit about yourself? Okay. I am the creator of The Greatest Wish, uh, which is the first book of a series called The Ever-Changing Storybooks, uh, which are interactive children's books. I created this book for my son, Morgan, as a gift to kind of introduce him into the world when I found out I was pregnant with him. Um, and when I completed it, it was suggested to me that I should get it published. So now I'm a children's book creator, and that's what I do. I'm based out of Portland, and I am a, a new mom with a nine-month-old at home. And, and that's kind of the gist of my life these days. <laughs> oh, I love that. What a great idea, Thank dedicating you so a book to your son. I love that. So what is The Greatest Wish about? So The Greatest Wish is a story about a little boy who wants to be anything other than what he is. Uh, so he imagines all the possible incredible things that he could become, like a rocket ship or a shark or a rainbow. And the reader is asked to make simple choices along the way that help him explore these options. And then ultimately, in the end, he realizes that anything else he could be would really have a pretty big downside and that the greatest thing he could possibly be is just himself. So the lesson is to basically be yourself and... Yeah, it's self-love, self-acceptance was the message that I wanted to convey. That's so important today, especially. Yeah, um, I couldn't agree more. So what inspired you to write an interactive story versus just mm-hmm. telling a story? What inspired me to do that was when I was brainstorming this book for my son, um, I was really affected by children's books when I was young. I think it's what inspired me to start writing and also drawing. Mm-hmm. And I was brainstorming the books that were my favorite as a child. And those, whether it was Dr. Seuss or Shel Silverstein, all kind of went into the inspiration for this book. But um, a 
the book series that I really enjoyed when I was a young adult was the Choose Your Own Adventure stories. Mm-hmm. I loved that interactive quality of it, but there wasn't really anything available that was interactive in that way for, for very young children. So that's kind of what inspired the interactive side of it, and I had kind of completely restructured it for a much, much younger audience. Yeah, because you're right. There's, there really wasn't anything interactive for that age group, and, and that's the age they need that interaction. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's the age when you it's really established uh, mm-hmm. a lifelong love for literature and art. So mm-hmm. I, I def- definitely agree. Now, before we get too far into the interview, I want to congratulate you on your recent uh, literary awards with Reader Views. And uh, to let the audience know, The Greatest Wish received three awards, uh, first place in the Reviewer's Choice Awards for the Toddler Group, uh, the Reader Views Kids Awards for the Best Children's Book of the Year, and the Book by Book Award for the Best Children's Picture Book. Now, what was your reaction? Yeah, I first? Did, did not know that. I had no idea that I was that it won three categories. Yay! Oh, <laughs> wonderful news. Oh my god! No, I, really? I, I I thought it, that it had just won uh, best children's book. Oh. I wasn't aware that it actually won three categories. That's yeah. oh wow! That that that's such great news. Thank you so much. <laughs> You've oh. made my day. Wow, well, this is double congratulations then. Thank you. I was going to ask you what your initial reaction was to the news, and this is your initial reaction. That is so awesome. I didn't get the memo. (laughs) I guess my my son keeps me sleep deprived and very busy. Somehow I missed that email. (laughs) Oh, that's great. So, Speaking of your son, uh, he is obviously your other big news of the year. So I just yeah. also wanted to congratulate you on becoming a mother. And <laughs> what do you what what can you share with us about your experience so far? Oh man, it's yeah. I think it's it's definitely the coolest adventure of my life thus far. I love it. I love every minute of it. I think uh, it was definitely something that I was meant to be. Um, I think it's it's brought uh, an, a definite peace and maturity and strength to my life that I, I didn't even know I was capable of while at the mm-hmm. same time kind of re- reminding me of what it's like to see everything for the first time. So mm-hmm. I think that di- that dichotomy has been a pretty great adventure for me thus yeah. far. Well, you are at the beginning of a wonderful journey, so just enjoy every single minute. Thank you. So I understand that after several years away, you moved back to your hometown of Portland, Oregon. Uh, what was it like for you growing up there, and what does it mean for you to be able to raise your son in the town where you grew up? Mm. Yeah, so uh, growing up here, I think I really took for granted all the incredible things about living in Portland and just in Oregon in general. It's, for one thing, the, the nature aspect of this mm. state is is mind-blowing that if you live in Portland, you are an hour from the beach, an hour from Mount Hood, and anything. It's incredible. If you go to uh, certain parts of Oregon, it's the largest landscape of sand dunes <laughs> oh, really? um, in the country. Yeah, it's massive sand dunes where it looks like you're in the Mojave. It's crazy. It's, it's an incredible state. Uh, so I think I took a lot of that for granted, and I left when I was 18 for college in Boston, and I came back at least three or four times a year because my entire family is still here Mm -hmm. and was here the whole time. Um, But living all over in so many different places, living in Los Angeles for 10 years, coming back 
every time made me realize that the only place that I really wanted to be was back home in Portland. And it, it made me appreciate how incredible the city is. And I think that everybody belongs or most people belong in a specific city. That's the place they feel the most at home. And that's definitely true for me about Portland. It's so nice mm-hmm. that your whole family's there because it definitely takes a village to raise your little one. So that's great. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I can't, I, I can't imagine how different my life would be right now if I was still in Los Angeles where, where I met my husband and I was there for a decade. If I was trying to raise Morgan alone with no support in that city, mm-hmm. it would have been a much more challenging undertaking. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. absolutely. Definitely. Now, you come from a family of authors, and I'm mm-hmm. curious as to what that was like growing up. And did your family mm-hmm. have any influence on your own writing career? Uh, yeah. It, so my mother is a published author. Uh, she writes under the pen name Kaylin McFerrin, and she writes mystery suspense books. Mm-hmm. And then my oldest sister, Christina McMorris, writes historical fiction. So, and I write, I write interactive children's books. So it, it's wow. kind of fun that we'll, that the women in my family are writers and uh, are published authors now, but all of it could not be more different when it comes to the genres that we write. Um, but it, I don't know if I would have had the confidence to even try to get published. The greatest wish would probably still just be a book that I had found at Kinko's <laughs> given to my son as a gift. If I yeah. didn't come from a family of authors who uh, just the, the incredible amount of resources and information and advice about how to go about getting publishing, uh, right. I think that has been incredibly helpful and definitely a major contributing factor to the fact that I'm doing this professionally now. Yeah. And did you self-publish or what route did you take so, with the greatest wish? So, yeah. So I think that uh, – it's an interesting time we live in when it comes to being a published author. There's so many options. Mm -hmm. And um, my mother, uh, Linda Yoshida is a self-published author currently. And my sister, Christina just signed a a big deal for her, for her next books with a big publishing house. So Mm -hmm. it's interesting. I'm very lucky that I get to hear all the pros and cons to the different options. And I actually went the in-between route, the hybrid between the two of them. Mm-hmm. I went through Mascot Books, which is kind of 50% independent self-publishing, and but they handle all of the distribution and book signings and booking all of that for you. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's an in-between that I think a lot of people aren't even aware that there's an option that is halfway between the two. Yeah, that's good because there are pros and cons to each. Mm-hmm. The big publishers, they're set. You know, they want certain mm-hmm. things, and then self-publishing, it's like, oh wow, do I have to do this all on my own? So, that's the hybrid, yeah. isn't it? It's a great, it's a perfect balance. Yeah, it's, and it's it's really perfect for my lifestyle right now, mm-hmm. as far as how much of my time is uh, consumed by <laughs> becoming a becoming a new mom. So, if I was yeah. to go the, the completely 100% self-published right now, I I don't think there's any way I could try to find the balance to uh, handle it 100% by myself without any assistance. So. Yeah, yeah, because in hindsight, probably the writing was the, the easiest part. But the marketing is, well, for a lot of authors, new authors especially, yeah. the biggest challenge. Yeah, uh, Yeah. no, I actually, <laughs> I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. I really didn't know when I created this book and was considering publishing it about that side of it. Uh, mm-hmm. about all the book signings and uh, entering contests and the, all of that, the publicity side of it, wh- how important it is 
in this day and age in order to have your book noticed at all. It's just so competitive that you, you kind of have to you have to play that game, <laughs> even though yeah. even though if it was up to me, I would just be sitting here drawing <laughs> all the time. Um, but yeah, yeah. It's, it's definitely a part of it these days. Well, and because self-publishing, I mean, there's so many authors out there now that it, it takes a lot more to get your name out there. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely. Inside Scoop Live is a global internet-based broadcast specialized in interviewing published authors about their current books and their areas of expertise. Join us and hear both well-known and upcoming writers talking candidly about their life experience as well as the business of being an author in today's literary world. Always interesting and current, we strive to bring our audience high-quality discussions that spotlight a vast diversity of authors in the field today. Our interviews are available 24-7 through direct podcasts, as well as MP3 download from your computer for your convenience. Please visit us at InsideScoopLive.com. Welcome back to Inside Scoop Live. Today I'm talking with Amanda Yoshida, author of The Greatest Wish, an interactive storybook for children. Stay tuned because we are going to continue this delightful conversation with Amanda about becoming a published author, coming from a family of authors, her background as an artist, her passion for vinyl records, and so much more. In the meantime, you can learn more about Amanda Yoshida and her book, The Greatest Wish, by visiting her website at www.amandayoshida.com, and that's www.amandayoshida.com. Now, your background is not in writing. Your background is as an artist, right? Yes. Yeah, my background is as an artist. It was actually children's books that got me into drawing uh, from a very young age. Uh, mm-hmm. My mom says as soon as I could hold a pencil, that was all I wanted to do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> she said I didn't. She said I, I barely said a sentence until, she says, until I was three or four because I just wanted to draw all the time. Um, right. Yeah, so that's definitely, it's fun that it's come full circle for me, because that's definitely mm-hmm. what started, uh, what lit the fire for me yeah. of art and writing. Did you do the artwork as well? I did, I did. I wrote and illustrated it. Wonderful. Both. Thank you. Yeah, and then I was lucky enough to have an opportunity, amazing opportunity, when I was in about middle school. My, my mother purchased uh, an art gallery called Yoshida's Fine Art Gallery in the Pearl District in Portland. And I was able to be a gallery artist and paint a lot and sell a lot of paintings. And that was a great opportunity and a great way to improve uh, my skills as an artist. And then I later went on to attend Noman School of Visual Effects in Los Angeles, where I learned the digital medium, um, mm-hmm. which is what I use for the book. I do everything in I paint everything on a Wacom tablet in Photoshop. Yeah. yeah. And then, let's see. And then I, I did, uh, I moved to Portland and I did graphic design, uh, which I still do uh, in my, when I, when I, when I have free time, I still do that. Whenever when there is free sleeping. time. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I just need, I need to figure out a way to just give up sleep entirely. Then I can get everything <laughs> done that I want to get done. Uh, yeah. And then when, when Morgan was on his way, I started doing this. So yeah, I've always had my, my hands in the arts for sure. 
Now, I wanted to ask you, the book is about a little boy. I just want to get a sense of the timing of everything. So did you know you were mm-hmm. having a boy when you wrote the book? I didn't. That's a really, that's a great question. No one's ever asked me that. So <laughs> I, I started the book almost immediately after I found out, I'd say with, within a few weeks of finding out that I was pregnant. Um, oh. And I didn't know the gender until I think 20 weeks into the pregnancy. So he was drawn as a boy, but uh, I knew that if I found out it was a girl, I was going to have to turn it into a girl. <laughs> um, luckily, it ended up being a boy, so I didn't have to uh, turn him into a little girl. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. wondering if that was uh, if that was planned or, or a coincidence. So, yeah, that, that worked no, out that quite just, well. That was, yeah. that was my pregnant intuition, I guess. <laughs> That's perfect. Um, I want to talk about the book itself. The greatest wish is mm-hmm. it's just a beautiful book. I mean, oh, it's thank actually, you so much. Yeah, it's like a a piece of art. I think you know, if if children had coffee tables, it would be a great coffee table oh. book for children. Oh, oh you're you killing think? me! No, it's <laughs> true. Love these compliments. Beautiful. So the long way around this connection I was trying to make is: uh, Do you think kids still love to read actual books in this high-tech age? You know, mm-hmm. everything's online. We got eBooks. We got maybe it's different mm-hmm. for kids for small children, but mm-hmm. I think the books themselves are are real important still. What What are your mm-hmm. thoughts on that? Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So for me, for for in our household, we uh, we are not <laughs> exposing our son to television or apps um, mm. for at least the first couple of years, because I w- want to make sure that his love, that his only exposure for entertainment really right now <laughs> is play and, and being read to. Um, and I think it's really mm. important to uh, put that foundation, to set up that foundation there um, in the beginning for me personally, because, you know, I feel like when you, play an app or you watch a great cartoon, you get to turn your brain off. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that it's so important for young kids to get to use their imaginations. I think it's just so important for their own development. So I feel like it's very important to, even even though there are so many other options in 2017, it's very important to me um, and I think a lot of parents to still build that foundation of a love of books and literature in art, so. Oh, yes, absolutely. No, don't get me wrong. I love technology and social media and instant access to everything, but I think balance has to be a priority, especially with such a young age group. I, yeah, I absolutely agree with you. I don't think we even fully know what the consequences of the time we live in right now are. This generation of, of children right now is the first one to, that's going to be growing up in a, in a 100% digital age. So I don't know if there are consequences, but I, I don't imagine it's, yeah. it's entirely good to not not ask them to use their minds and their imagination um, on yeah. a regular, regular basis. So I agree. Yeah. Now, what guidance do you think you can give to parents on how to instill a love of reading and, and introduce the world of books to mm. their children? I don't know if I'm in a position <laughs> to be giving any parent advice, given that I'm entirely new to it. But if I mm-hmm. if I had to give advice, I think that what I remember, what I remember that made me fall really in love with books was being exposed to so many different kinds of books. I think that for one child, that images could speak to them and, and light that fire in them. And so picture books 
you know, that don't have a lot of words um, is a great introduction to some kids. Other ones, uh, for me, like I, the first book I ever <laughs> memorized as a child uh, was Where the Sidewalk Ends by Shel Silverstein, oh, because yeah. I just, I loved the way that he used words. And that was really my first introduction to poetry. Um, I didn't know it was poetry at the time, but, uh, you know, and for, for another kid, I think that the interactive quality of my books and other books could be the thing that really inspires them to care yeah. about this stuff. So I would say that if, uh, if, you try, if you try to read them one thing and it doesn't work, then just keep trying. It's unbelievable how many options there are now and how quickly you can, you can have them in your home. So, yeah, I would Absolutely. just say keep trying to expose them to as much as possible. Yeah, that's great advice. Now, The Greatest Wish is the first in your interactive series. Uh, can you share mm-hmm. anything about your next book, or do you know yet? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm chipping away at it. It's, I had so much fun creating the first book that now I'm working on the second book uh, whenever Morgan <laughs> is napping. Uh, it's, called, it's called The Perfect Gift, and it is about – it's the same – little boy uh, and as in the first story is in the second story as well. And he's, he's expecting a little sister any day and he wants to come up with the best possible gift to give her, to welcome her into the world, which is ironic because that's kind of how the first book came to be. So (laughs) he, yeah, (laughs) I don't think I realized it until I said it out loud. (laughs) Yeah. So you, the reader is asked to make decisions along the way to help him figure out what the best gift is. And then in the end, he, he realizes a really great message, a good moral lesson, um, just like the first book, but I don't, I, I don't think I want to give it away. <laughs> right, right, right. I love that. So when do you anticipate yeah. uh, publishing the perfect the second book? Uh, yeah. I, so the great, the first one, the greatest wish came out uh, just in time for Christmas. Mm-hmm. last year so my goal is to have the next one come out for Christmas as well so yeah. the beginning of December is the goal that's yeah great. yeah and so far it's looking good it's, I'm definitely making some good progress Morgan started recently becoming a good napper so <laughs> I'm making a lot more progress yeah it's amazing when they just start sleeping a little more it opens up oh, it's a new world <laughs> It, it's it's the most wonderful thing when you actually end a day and realize that you've accomplished anything. Yeah. I normally ask authors what they like to do in their free time, but I imagine with little Morgan, your free time is limited. But I'm curious to hear about your, your passion for vinyl records. Are you a collector? Mm-hmm. Tell, me, tell me about that. Yeah. So I have wanted to collect records for probably a decade or more, uh, but I moved around so much in my 20s and early 30s that I just never felt like it was practical to start mm-hmm. collecting something that was not entirely mobile. So a couple years ago, we, my, my husband and I bought a house in Portland, and uh, as a birthday gift, he bought me an old record player, and we got quickly hyper-addicted to collecting <laughs> records. And now we have, I think, uh, probably a couple hundred. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're both we're both so addicted. Uh, it's a fun city. It's a really fun city to collect records in too, because there's there's just so many record shops. Some of them are yeah. just like the size of a closet, and some of them are massive, but they're everywhere. So. Yeah, it's almost like yeah. going to a bookstore. You could just browse for hours. And oh my gosh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I've spent, uh, especially before Morgan was born, we we definitely had Saturdays where we'd spend an entire day in a record shop. Uh, <laughs> 
just flipping through them and finding gems. Yeah, super fun. Oh, it's great. Now, what is the best part for you about being a children's author? I think that my favorite thing about being a children's author is that I've worked in in a, a number of artistic fields, and I, I enjoyed all of them. I worked in video game apps. I worked as a graphic designer, and I, I enjoy any profession where I get to be creative. But this is this is the only artistic profession I've ever had where it deeply connects to my heart and my soul, and and I get to pour so much of myself into it. I love when I get to talk to other parents and they tell me that uh, that their child asked them to read the, my book, The Greatest Wish, to them like 10 times because they, they want to pick different things. That, that makes me so excited, more excited than I ever was, uh, you know, branding a company or a music festival or yeah. building an app for someone. So, yeah. That's actually what Paola, our Reader Views Kids reviewer, had to say. She said, I can't wait to read this to all my <laughs> my kindergarten and preschool friends. And so she does that. Love she it. reads books to, to the younger kids. And oh, my gosh. I remember her review. It was the cutest thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> I loved her review. It was so yeah. cute. It was so mature. Yeah. <laughs> very, very sweet. I can't wait to read this book to my friends. It's The, the size of the letters are perfect. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> so cute. I do. I love, I definitely love that my book critics and they're when I get to read reviews um, that are written by children mm-hmm. oh my gosh I love it I love it so much because they'll yeah. they'll notice things and articulate things in a way that I think adults really won't that's so fun the way that kids see the world it could be kind of intimidating too because they have no filter so what they think mm-hmm. is what you're going to hear so <laughs> yeah I absolutely agree but I also feel like they don't have a filter, but they also aren't talking through a filter of any of their own bias or judgments. Right. So it feels so genuine and, and innocent and honest, and I really enjoy that. I really yeah. enjoy that. Yeah. Amanda, we are running out of time, so I just have a final question for you before we wrap things up, and I'd really love to know what advice you can give to aspiring children's authors. Yeah, I would say that my advice to anyone who wants to write children's books or maybe any books I'd say would be to write about something that is close to your heart because you're going to have to read it out loud, talk about it, live in it for a while. And so if you write about something that is that you're deeply passionate about, then you never really get tired of talking about it or promoting it or any of that. So I think that would be my only advice. Yeah, absolutely. I I agree 100%. So, Amanda, I thank you so much for joining me today. It's really been a pleasure. I've I've enjoyed it so much. Same here. Thank you so much. It was an absolute pleasure. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us today at Inside Scoop Live for my interview with Amanda Yoshida. You can find out more information about Amanda and her books at www.amandayoshida.com. And be sure to check out our other interviews at www.insidescooplive.com.